From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors, with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Welcome in, everybody. Hour number two, the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Glenn and Bill George in the studio today. Jonathan is out up in uh, North Florida, working on his uh, property up there, trying to get things done. <sighs> Still cleaning up and chopping up and moving things and redoing stuff up there from Michael. Uh, you know, I, I know it's it's easy for us down here in the uh, West Coast and through the central part of the state to forget that that happened uh, especially if you lived here long enough you know you get kind of jaded to those things and <clears throat> you forget that those people up there are still man they're still struggling i mean i remember the days back when um plant city lakeland got hit and how long those blue tarps were on those roofs you know it's yeah it, it was quite couple, some time took years for that stuff to get fixed and so jonathan uh, is up there uh, chainsaw in one hand and um uh, feed and well, hopefully food plot in the other and trying to get everything all ready for uh for next year already well there'd be some good habitat uh with all that the destruction uh there is some there will be some positive out of it you'll have a uh, sure habitat for some deer some turkey and um everything everything else to get up away from all those predations and it'll be able there'll be a lot of good uh good things come out of it now as well and of course uh with turkeys you know they'll they'll use that as uh some nesting area and speaking Hopefully. of turkeys, don't forget March second is a big event at G Five Feeding Outdoors. They'll be uh, doing some turkey seminars. I know William Sullivan's going to come out and do some demos, and uh, Chuck, and I think he's going to drag a couple of his buddies in there as well. Uh, so looking forward to that. Mark that on your calendar. Well, there's going to be a bunch of. Uh, yesterday, my phone was ringing up pretty good. A lot of local call makers from all around the area from. Dade City, Ocala, as far away as even Georgia. Blame, uh, you know, Bailey was thinking about coming down and uh, coming down to the seminar. And uh, I know that uh, Primos and uh, Realtree were working with uh, Mr. Bill to try to get some big names down here, but we'll have to wait and see what happens with all that. But uh, I thought it would be a good time to showcase a lot of the uh, local talent that we have around here and these local call makers. And everybody's got their favorite, you know, so. It's hard to bring in everybody. You know, old Mr. Wilson down the street makes the best calls on the planet. Well, you know, this would be a time for them to all get together and meet and shake hands and, uh, you know, see who's got the best stuff. So uh, I know a lot of them are, that are coming down are going to bring a lot of their products and the calls and stuff that they make. Maybe set up a little table. Let's take a look at them, try them out, do all that kind of stuff. And uh, we'll see. It's supposed to be a pretty good little event. Yeah, it would be a great event. Of course, Mr. Bill did say that uh, there'd be some – Great sales going on that day, too, so uh, it'll be a win-win for everybody. Come on out and listen to some of the local turkey uh, call, callers and look at some of the product that they make. Uh, you never can have enough turkey calls. No, because you never know which one is going to be the one that actually pulls the trigger. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, man, I tried this and I tried that one and move, and then all of a sudden something different comes along and, whoop, you know, they pick up their heads and come running right at you. So we'll see. I, yeah. I know so, that uh, talking to Bill, he was saying that, uh, they may be the start and the kickoff where they put a big old tent out front and make a fall, uh, big spring, tent sale, spring sale. Yeah. Get it out of there. Get us to make room for, uh, this year's inventory and stuff. So it'll be a good time to get some good deals on some good products out there. Yeah. We'll be out there broadcasting live that day as well. Of course, uh, Tenor Rock 
their uh, fishing derby will be coming up on april the 6th uh, we're looking to be out there to help support that so uh, for people that want to fish from the bank as bill was talking about if you can't make it to the panfish tournament in june because you don't have a boat or you just want to you know may not be able to travel on that particular day make plans april the 6th at tenor rock uh, they'll be having their fishing derby uh, more information will be coming about that we'll get mr keaton on uh give us more information well that'll be a good warm-up it'll be a good warm-up pre-fish type thing that you know get yourself warmed up ready for the uh, panfish challenge coming up a little bit later on yeah so uh we got a pretty busy schedule and looking forward to that well not only that but they're also going to do another event out at uh, bone valley so it's going to be another ride day with g5 and textron out there so we had a good time out there last year doing that so that's all it's good to be that time. Hunting season's over. Everybody's like <laughs> wanting to go do Hunting stuff. Hunting season's not over. Well, I mean, it's winding down. Areas. I mean, certain areas it's still going on. I know that uh, Glenn sent me a sent me a, a, a link to about a story up in Alabama where a guy shot a deer that was standing not too far away from a couple of fishermen. Yeah, that's kind and, of a dangerous uh, thing. I, you know, don't know if he saw them. Uh, you know, I don't know how you couldn't. And uh, shot the deer, and uh, it ran off, and he came running down the hill said, did you see it run by here? And they're like, dude, you're on state land. You can't be shooting in here. This is illegal. And uh, they never saw him again. So uh, that's one of those things. I went, dude, they're still hunting up in Alabama. And Bill George goes, they're still hunting in Florida, idiot. Yep. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They are. Well, and, and a lot of places in Florida, um, you know, deer season's wrapping down, but we still have small game season, yep. which in most of these places allow you to still shoot hogs. Um, that is true. So if you want to go out, have some fun, um, take some kids, just, just go out and plank some squirrels and uh, get you some squirrel and rice stuff. Uh, just make sure that you go to whatever management area you plan on going to and looking at the... Uh, things that are allowed, things that you can't do even during small game because some places I think it's like even upper Hillsboro, you can't use a rifle. It you can't shotgun use a only. center fire rifle. Yeah, you can't use a can't use a rifle up there, so uh you can use a rim fire, you can use a shotgun, mm-hmm. you can, and use, you can use a pistol. That is you true. can use a muzzle loader. So I say you grab your 410 and you grab a couple of uh, slugs and put those in this pocket and put the squirrel loads in the other pocket and get ready for whichever comes out first. Hog yep. or squirrel, one of the two. You never know what you're going to wander up on. Well, uh, it's also a good time to have the kids out and go get them out there, get them interested in there with small game. And uh, that leads me into my next little story, which I thought was pretty funny this week. Uh, controversy abounds. Anytime you put a firearm in a uh, in a kid's hand sometimes, and it seems like it's a cabillion times worse when you're a celebrity. And uh, this week, you might have heard about uh, Carrie Hart, who's a old motocross guy and off-road truck racer. He's married to Pink, uh, the pop singer, and they have a daughter. And he had her out there. She's seven years old, and he was out there plinking with a fully suppressed twenty-two, ten twenty-two Ruger ten twenty-two. Fully suppressed. Yeah. You know, it's fully in, suppressed. Yeah, that means it's integral. You know, the whole barrel. It's, okay. It's not done to screw on the end. So little girls out there, you know, you know, just sitting there shooting, and of course it blew up everywhere. He put it up on uh, social media, and he got blasted all week. Can't believe you're out there teaching that kid guns and guns and guns and guns and guns with guns. Wow. Made a big huge stink out of the whole thing, and I said, 
heaven help them if I put my kids up there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they were just upset about the gun, not the fact that it was suppressed. Uh, yeah, yeah, they didn't mention anything about that. No, they just well about the fact that uh, you know this uh, young lady was out there hitting a uh, twelve-inch uh, little pie plate from about thirty yards. Her dad's out there, very calm, instructing her how to do it. She's like, "Dad, is the safety on?" He goes, "No, honey, it's off." You know, and so she she knows what she's doing. You know, and she's out there just, it's it's all set up. She's not even holding the weapon itself. It's actually on like a, a shooting bench uh, with a bipod on the front. And she's basically just holding up the back, looking through a scope and click, click, click and shooting. And of course, it's the end of the world. Oh, yeah. It's well, the end of the world. I, I just uh, had gotten some word that there was people out at Hillsborough Community College over there in uh, Tampa trying to get people to sign a petition to ban assault rifles and take it out where you know any any assault rifle was uh banned and that that's if it has a capability of holding more than 10 rounds and that's even if you were to use a magazine if you could per- possibly purchase a magazine that's bigger not not that you have it it would make it an assault rifle. Assault rifle. Oh yeah. So this ten twenty two that this young lady is shooting, if it had the standard nine round shot in it, it's perfectly right. fine. But you add one no, more no, bullet. No. You, correct. And it becomes an assault rifle. So if she took the magazine, put it in, went pull around the chamber, and then put one extra one well, in the magazine, now it's loaded with ten. So well, that would be a, that ten's okay, but because you could purchase a fifty mag <laughs> Sure. You know twenty five round. Yeah. 50 yep. round, That's not round. an assault rifle. Oh, okay. You better get one that has one of them tubes where all the bullets go end to end right down the center. I may be well, stupid. Well, this goes to the article and section being created or amended, which would be Article 1, Section 8, uh, full text proposal. And uh, Section 8 is the right to bear arms under the Florida Constitution. And that's where they're looking to modify it. Really? Yep. So they're going to try to modify the state constitution. Oh, well, Yeah. Not just put it in there and, uh, you know, um, just put it in there. Constitutional make it a, amendment. Okay, to ban assault weapons. Well, that, it'll probably pass because people don't understand what it really means. Assault weapon. Anything you got that you're going to inflict harm on anybody is an assault. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Assault bat, assault ballpoint pen, assault, assault steak knife. Assault, yeah. assault lawnmower. Yeah. yeah. All the above. Weed eater. Weed eater. <laughs> That would be a slow and painful death, my friend. No, no, I got beat up weed eating all the weeds around my yard this week. It was throwing stuff everywhere. At That's me. self-inflicted. <laughs> so anyway, all right, we got to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford and our good friends out there at G Five Feed and Outdoors. Yes. Peter warned us. Hey, anyway, it is the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors. Welcome back, everybody. Braden, Glenn, and Bill uh, in the studio today, along with the uh, ladies over in the other room. We have uh, Aaron and Shelby answering the phones today. So if you want to give us a call, you can at 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe you're still deer hunting. Maybe you got a good old turkey spot you'd like to share with the rest of the world. <laughs> Never happened. Uh, but uh, everybody's getting ready for turkey season, and I know that when we were uh, trying to get this thing together with G5 and the... Um, little turkey extravaganza that they're putting together uh it was so funny because the first thing there i was like what weekend is that and then they immediately go 
Okay, that's opening day in the South Zone. That's a week before youth. And okay, yeah, yeah, I can be there. <laughs> so uh, it's it's funny how they know exactly what their schedule is going to be around that time of the year. But any other time of the year, it's like, hey, can you come out this weekend? Yeah, sure, whatever. I don't think I'm doing anything. But turkey season? No, 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 no. It's direct. They go and they're going. And before Bill George passes out, I'm just going to ask him. So you got your turkey stuff ready to go? <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking the tea down the wrong pipes. <laughs> I will say this: the uh, you know we have a turkey hunters. I've really never really uh, been one to just been obsessed about turkey hunting until working with a couple of guys, and especially one of them who started making his own calls. And he just he'll take off for a week of vacation, and sometimes two, just to go to Tennessee to turkey hunt. Uh, on some family property and then come back and spend the rest of his vacation leave for Florida hunting. And uh, uh, come turkey say, season, uh, deer season, yeah, it's all right. I'm just going to take a little trip. And, you know, but that turkey hunt is just consumed. He is definitely. And, of course, uh, up in Illinois when Mr. Uh, Raymond, he tried for a first time ever in his 70-plus years some turkey, wild turkey uh, that Dave cooked up. He said, "Man, if I'd known these things were this good, I would have. They wouldn't be a turkey left on the property." <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I'm I'm a little eat up. You are in all in all ways, but, uh, I, but you know, not I, just I, with the turkeys. I've always enjoyed turkey hunting, but like uh, our good friend Steve Austin, uh, once he went out and did Osceola turkey hunts, he's that's just it's over. I mean, he I think he'd rather do that than deer hunt. To be honest with you, oh uh, yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah. It, it becomes an obsession. Uh, there's just something about that magical <clears throat> time of the morning and, you know, using a call to bring them in close and, and doing it that way. It's, you know, uh, you know, for a lot of people, it's more exciting than, than deer hunting. So I did get a question uh, to give you, Bill. Uh, it was asking, when you do the Green Swamp Camp, where do you camp at? I camp over on the Rock Ridge side for Green Swamp. Um, do you have to put in for the permit? For the campsite? You do not have to put... That is where a lot of people get messed up, is they think, oh, I didn't put in early for a campsite, I can't camp. The vast majority of the camping in Green Swamp is first come, first serve. uh, And it uh, never fills up. Apparently, he said he put in a... uh, He applied, but didn't... And got turned down. So, is he applying for a different portion of the Green Swamp? Well, what what it is, is there's, let's say, 60 camping spots on the Rock Ridge side. 20 of them right now are via lottery draw, and then the rest are you just pull up and camp. You you go in, you put your camping gear in the spot, you go up to the check station, and you say, hey, I'm in spot 32, whatever the number is, and you put fill out a little card, it goes in the box, you indicate 32's in use, and you camp. The, the, the turkey season is wide open in camping spots. They do not fill up. Green Swamp, there's there's two different sites. There's the 471 gate and the Rock Ridge gate. The biggest difference between the two is Rock Ridge has a bunch of shady trees, and 471's an old pasture. Oof. <laughs> well, let's and get if a, you're uh, thinking about turkey season, I <laughs> and you're sitting there in the afternoon, I'd much rather be uh, underneath some trees than uh, out in the field. Unless you get like a you know an RV with a generator and. Uh, you know, an awning and all that kind of stuff. Put it out there in the fields. No big deal. Sit out there and... Well, in the early years of camping over on the Rock Ridge side, when we used to hunt uh, Green Swamp Management area year after year, um, 
the oak trees really make a big difference on them warm winter days. But in the wintertime, man, you talk about frosty cold. Yeah. It would be, uh, but, th- but uh, I know that I know, uh, they're listening this morning. And, uh, so I just can, because those 20 are already lotteried out, uh, rest of the remainder will be a first come first. You serve, will have so. absolutely no problem getting a camping spot whatsoever. Until now. Cause you no, just told everybody no, to come on. I bet you our camping group probably constituted two thirds of everybody who camped for Turkey season on the rock Ridge side. And there was, there was tons of spots open. Well, with the number of birds that your group took out of there and, uh, we shared that information <laughs> this year is going to be, uh, it's going to be the, the Mecca of all Turkey hunters showing up for that. We do. All right. I think you did more than just all right. <laughs> Unless you was smuggling them out underneath the hood or something. Come on, Bill. Got more than four. I know that one. So, but we, we had a good time. We, we have a really good group of people, and, and I truly believe camp is what is missing in our outdoors hunting today. Way too many people get up, they run, they go hunt, they get back in the car, and they run and go back home. And we're not sitting around talking and discussing and doing things like that. And that's, that's one of the things I, I live for turkey camp well i think a lot of good information gets exchanged when you're sitting around the campfire at night and especially if it's something that you don't know i mean uh, look at it this way if you were sitting there and uh you know you said hey i had a buddy of mine that sent me a story about these guys that are trying to get this constitutional amendment put on there change our florida constitution about firearms and stuff and five people go what are you talking about i've never heard nothing about that and uh any changes in the rules? Did you hear that the FWC is doing this or doing that? And, you know, you'd be surprised how many people go, Man, where did where did you hear that? Yep. Uh, you know, it's not like it used to be in the old days, um, you know, where uh, everybody would uh, gather. And I tell you what I always liked when we would we would go up to uh, the Gulf Hammock area and do that. One campsite always turns into one big giant campsite. Because if there's guys close to you, you know you're going to wander over there and go, "How'd you guys do today, man?" Or did you? Too? And next thing you know, you know you're sitting there talking, and you make like uh, 50, 60 new friends, and you're sitting there talking about stuff for maybe borrowing a crescent wrench or whatever it is. You know, well, I got my generators, my, you know, this does anybody know how to fix this? And next thing you know, it's everybody's hanging out together. Well, last year we had a thousand square foot under awning, hot and cold running water shower. We 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 had it pretty good. Well, you don't have to take a shower because the turkey don't smell you. <laughs> well, that's true. They don't care. <laughs> yeah, but they, you, you sleep a whole lot better. <laughs> <laughs> it does make you uh, sitting out in the woods a little more enjoyable when you can start the day off clean. That's yeah. that's true. I will say that. Well, I tell you, if you uh, haven't got a place to go for your turkeys yet, what you need to do is go check out our Facebook page. Go to uh, the Big and Wild Outdoors on our Facebook. And if you scroll down there, there's a few links on there that'll help you out here with the state of Florida. With their, there's a whole map on there for the uh, Florida Wild Turkey Distribution Assessment that they have for the entire state, where they're uh, located out there, uh, where you can get uh, spring turkey hunt quota permits, what's available for each one, uh, where the subspecies Eastern Osceola, you know, Maginot line uh, goes across the state of Florida. Where you know you can you can be above that and it's not considered a true Osceola, and then you can go down and then the disputed zone, and then go way down south and not have to worry about it. But uh, it's a good piece of um, advice, 
And uh, you look at the map and you're like going, dude, man, you remember when they used to scream like, oh, there's no turkeys in Holmes County. You know, we got to go do something. You can't hunt there. And what was it? Ten years we couldn't fire a shot. And now there's still limited birds in that. One. Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, they turned around. They were going to open it wide open a while back. And believe it or not, Chuck Eshney said, hey. Why, why don't we bring it back a little bit slower and keep it conservative and, and, and limit it to one. And, and they did that. They, they turned around and, you know, he, Chuck maybe caught a little flack for that. Well, but, uh, but the thing is, is I was going to say that that North, that panhandle part of the state of Florida, there's more Turkey density up in that area, but it seems like everybody always heads down South. And when you go down South and you go look at that Turkey distribution assessment map, you'll see that. Your chances of getting are, are yeah. Getting, go up north, everybody. Go up, go north, up north. Just don't man. go to Holmes County because <laughs> apparently they just that's all they eat. There's turkeys, and that's why there's none around. <laughs> apparently, there's only none, none there for some reason. All right, well, we got to take a real quick break, so uh, stay with us. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G Five Feet Outdoors and Brandon Ford. We'll talk more when we get back. <laughs> Warm up, go. Sing it, Bill. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Welcome back. It's a Big and Wild Outdoors. <laughs> Braden Glenn and Bill in the uh, studio. Not today. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about turkeys. And then during the break, we were talking a little bit more about turkeys because we started looking at county by county. And I'm sitting here looking at the uh, the uh, Florida Wild Turkey Distribution Assessment. And, of course, since we do not have a tag system in the state of Florida, we can't tell you how many turkeys are in uh each county they can kind of guesstimate they don't know how many were really taken out of each county each year because they don't keep track of any of that but i love the way that they word this when you look at the map and uh, you can go find it at the uh on our big and wild facebook page uh, go and check on it and click on it and take a look at it uh, they have it in different color sections you got blue kind of like a dark blue sky blue white then kind of a uh pinkish color then uh a yellow, orange, maybe gold, and then red. Red, of course, being the highest density. And they don't tell you that uh, the percentage of turkeys here is, uh, you know, uh, you know, 500 turkeys or whatever. They just give you your percentage chance of actually encountering a turkey. And the way they word it, like in the lowest one, is a non-habitat. Okay, so you look at the Everglades, Oh, areas over there by Broward County, uh, Palm Beach County, stuff like that. There's real swampy, nasty, gross, all that kind of stuff. So they call that a non-habitat. And then you have uh, light blue areas where you say not enough information. So they, they there may be turkeys there, but they really don't know because they don't have enough information. Um, the white sections would be a 15% chance of wild turkey presence. So they only give you the percentage of maybe seeing it uh you know you're there may be a presence there but there may not be and what gets me is you go up to the light beige or pinkish kind of color and it's still 15 percent 50 percent chance it's 15 to 50 percent chance of wild turkey presence then the gold is 50 to 95 percent chance of wild turkey presence then red is a 95 percent chance of wild turkey presence so you look at the northern part of the state of florida and all the way across, just about in uh, every county up there, including Holmes County, by the way, is almost solid red. 
but you go down into they these. Should. They hadn't been hunting them for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you go down to the central part of the state where everybody seems to want to go, Polk County and all places like that. Well, mostly Polk County is in that blue shade uh, or the light blue shade where there's not enough information or non-habitat or completely white with a 15% chance of wild turkey presence. And it seems like Polk County is one of those ones where everybody wants to go. Unless you go down to the very southeastern corner of it, of course, by the river over there in that area uh, where uh, there seems to be a lot of red around there, red and gold. Well, there's a good um, – there's a lot of good habitat around the Kissimmee chain, and uh, there's a lot of birds. I mean, I, I don't know how many times you go fishing out there or ride your boat or whatever, and you see birds. And a lot of – it was kind of one of those quiet, quiet locations. Nobody really shared that information, uh, but – over time, people find out, and then now it's become a very popular place for people to do turkey hunting along the river bottoms and along the lake itself. That That's the area that Glenn had permission to hunt one year, but because FWC changed their website early, he decided not to go hunt because he was afraid it was illegal, even though I told him it was all right. <laughs> Sometimes, you, Bill, you, you still got to err on the side of caution. Well, that is true. Uh, but they're actually, you know, if you look at it, here's the sad part. The densities of Osceola turkeys are higher, or your percentage, your chance of wild turkey presence, 95%, are higher in uh, Sarasota, Hardy, DeSoto counties than they are in Polk County. Why is that? It's just, it's just the way they are. And if you go even farther down... Uh, if you really want to look for real good turkey presents, you would go into Lee, Hendry, and Collier counties, and even Charlotte County uh, is, is better, and the lower part of Highlands County. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know a lot of people who go down that far to go get birds. They people always seem to, they always either go north or go go into the central zone. Well, there's a lot of people traveling south because it opens up birds there, and they're going down and do their thing. And if they uh, get their two for the season, then they're down early. Well, that there's is a true. lot of pasture land down there. Well, I, you know, I, my biggest and best was down. Um, I'm going to say it was over in uh, near Zoffalo Springs, which is in Highland uh, Hardy County. Zoffalo, yeah, yes. Zoffalo Springs. <laughs> okay, what, what did you think I said? It's supposed to be Zoffalo, but Zoffalo, yeah, Zoffalo Springs. It's <laughs> what it's always been called. At least that's what I always called it. It's okay. How do you it spell works. it? Why are you asking me? Bill's the one that corrected you. <laughs> yeah, this is the guy who calls it Lake Panasoski. <laughs> <laughs> so don't even try it. Anyway, that was there, and there were plenty of birds down there, but it's open pasture land with bayheads and cypress everywhere every once in a while. So it almost made the turkey hunting a lot easier. It was easier to set up decoys and not a lot of cows running around out there, you know, mooing, mooing through your uh, decoy setup and all that kind of stuff. So. I have no problems with pasture land. But Zoffo, to get set the record straight, is Z-O-L-F-O. Yeah. Zoffo, not Zoffalo. Zoffalo Springs. Yeah. I was thinking of Gene <laughs> Trying to help you out, Bill. I, no, no, I just. Gene Garofalo, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so, anyway, I think it's a lot easier to hunt those cow, those cow and pasture lands down there than it is to get out in the middle of the hardwoods uh, where, like, you guys are up there. In your no. little neck of the woods. Well, well, she got some open spots to shoot through. Don't know. The thing is, turkey hunting should be 
a sport in which you get close. Okay, that's that's, that's part of it. it. It should be an up and close sport. So a seventy yard shot is considered unethical. What's what's no? Is it's just I don't think you've I don't think. Come on, Bill. Spit it out. It, it's not that it's unethical. It is a long shot for a shotgun. Okay, not that there are guns that do it. Not but I don't win. think you truly win the game doing it that way. You know, I, it, it, to me, turkey hunting is is a competition between you and that gobbler, and to pull them in tight, you know, the hen naturally is supposed to go to the gobbler. Gobbler doesn't go to the hen, and so when you turn around and he's out there in that pasture. A lot of times he stays out there at that 60-yard mark waiting for that hen to come over, and that that draws a lot of people to, to shoot probably further than what they, they should. Um, when you're in a little thicker area, I mean, it, having a bird inside of 30 yards and you still can't see them sometimes, it, it'll, drive you, it'll drive you crazy. Yeah, well, that's uh, true. But, but when, I- when you do see him, he's, he's in range. Well, I will say the only reason why I took the – 70-yard shot, was because there was two of them that came out, they were coming, and then, of course, they got, you know, like, whoop, something ain't whoop, right, whoops. and one of them started going, you know, started Trick. doing that over-the-shoulder kind of look like, I'm going to go over here for a minute, and the other one kind of stood there for a second going, why, what are you seeing, Bill? Boom. You know, because I was with Joey Waite, and he's got going, they're going to go, you got to shoot, you got to go, they're going to shoot, you gotta shoot, go, 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 and kaboom, and luckily, uh, the Winchester duplex load did what it was supposed to do, so... Uh, it's amazing how far those BBs will carry. And I will tell you, I have taken shots longer than I should have. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was one of those ones where either do it or don't. And it was just going to, it was a do or die situation. Now, the other ones uh, up in uh, the Brooksville area, um, 20, 30 yards, you know, they come around that little hedgerow and they stick that head out looking for what all that noise is. And you wait. And when they stand up looking at you, like going, wait a minute, you got boom. You know, you got to, you know, take what you can get. So. Yeah. Uh, I will say both of them were equally exciting. So, you know, either the one in the pasture or the one in dense woods, it was still a good, good game, good show. Oh, it, it, when one slips up behind you and gobbles, and I mean, literally, you could just feel it and you can't turn around. Because it's like you know he has you pinned down, and you can hear him walking around on your on your right side, and your gun is facing towards the left side. So, uh, you know, it's one of those ones where if you hear that little, yeah. He's walking in like, oh my gosh, he's like right there, right there. It was about two years ago I had one come in over the right shoulder, and he got close enough I could see him through my peripheral vision, but I just I just didn't want to swing around. I figured I'll, I'll, I'll let that game play for another day. Yeah. So I had one actually one time scared the living bejesus out of me. He uh, roosted out of the tree and came and literally landed right in front of me. And before I could even lift my gun, he literally went and lifted right back off the ground again. And off he went. It was like it was a touch and go landing in, uh, you know, at an airport. He just like hit the ground, saw me and went, holy crap, and took right off again. I was like, yeah. yike. And, uh, you know, there's nothing I could do. Gone, gone. He was in there, said, ha ha, you saw me, now I'm leaving. And uh, never did see him again. So somebody hopefully put an end to his, his ways. All right, we got to take a break. What was that? That'll just somebody showing off their litter of pups. <laughs> we're we're going to take Some a bloodhounds. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feed Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. We got more coming. 
So, I'm sure you heard the news. Social media sites are cracking down on private firearm sales. So if you're looking to sell or buy a new or used gun, or even looking to trade, do it the right way and head over to Deer Hunter Guns. Dan and his crew will give you top dollar for your used firearm, plus give you the best trade-in value if you're looking to upgrade. Deer Hunter Guns is doing it the legal way and can help you find what you're looking for. Or take that used rifle, pistol, or shotgun off your hands the legal way so you have peace of mind. Knowing your firearm isn't going to a complete stranger. Go sell your firearms to your friends at Deer Hunter Guns. Stop by today and get the best deal. 2797 Gulf to Bay Boulevard, across from the original Hooters. DeerHunterGuns.com G5 Feed and Outdoor is Central Florida's newest and largest family-owned and operated outdoor store. They've got what you need to enjoy life outdoors without limits. Whether you like to fish, hunt, or host a family cookout, if you're looking for an off-road adventure, check out their full line of ATVs, side-by-sides, and golf carts. Repair or maintenance work? Their team of certified technicians work on all major brands. Stop by 4960 U.S. Highway 92 West and check out our showroom or online at G5FeedAndOutdoor.com. Enjoy life outdoors without limits. Hi, it's Captain Kevin Little of Old Florida Ventures Fishing Charters. Come join me on Tampa Bay and enjoy the great fishing the bay has to offer. Contact me, Captain Kevin Little, at 813-763-0024 or at fishalittle at gmail.com. Spring is right around the corner, so if you're ready for an awesome Tampa Bay bite, give me a call. And remember, a little experience goes a long way. Safety up, sit down, and hang on. There's no better place for your next ATV adventure than Bone Valley. With over 200 acres of twists and turns, that's a one-of-a-kind ATV experience, and eight miles of trails, a hill climb, an open play area, and picnic areas. Sam ain't going to show up, is that what you're saying? No, he's telling you to... Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. 888-404-1010. 888-404-1010 is our number. That is 888-404-1010. If you'd like to uh, give us a call, you may do so at your own discretion and at your own peril. Uh, Bill George and I were discussing while Bill, uh, while Glenn was looking at puppies, <laughs> thinking about getting a new dog. Or, no, I mean, you already got... You got uh, <laughs> What's what's the matter with old Joe? Joe getting just a little too. Uh, there's Uncle Joe. He's moving kind of slow at the junction. No, there ain't nothing wrong with old Joe. He's still doing pretty good. Just okay. uh, you uh, get another dog, you're gonna be by yourself. Uh, you're, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> he won't be by himself. He'll be with his dogs. Uh, but Bill George, we're discussing around Glenn that there is a, a meeting coming up with the FWC. You know they still do those, even though. They seem like uh, to a lot of people they're not too productive, but in the long run, maybe they perhaps they are. I didn't get the uh, questionnaire assessment that you guys did on the uh, web page. I would have liked that one. Did you get that one at all? I know Glenn did. Did no. you get it? No. I, they they purposely left your butt off the list. I'm yeah, they sure. know they're going to get their input anyways. Well, that's true. But uh, Bill George was talking about the new one and he was talking about the aquatic plants and their management of that kind of thing and all that other stuff. And I was like, man, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I mean, seriously, the thing is, is you go, well, I care. I care about it. And I said, well, I understand that, but what they care about is not really necessarily the plants, depending on who you talk to, especially bass fishermen. Uh, sometimes they love it. Sometimes they hate it, but I know that they don't like the spring. Uh, you talked about anybody 
for the most part. Most of the fishermen don't like the spraying part of it, but some of them actually do. So it's like that dividing line. You know, and I can't please everybody. So what is this meeting going to entail besides that? Well, they're they're looking to do a little public outreach, see where the public opinion stands on their aquatic plant management. As you know, they, they were curbing uh, the spraying way back for the moment and going to do some public outreach. Whether or not this is the time of year, it naturally curbs back anyways. But um, they're, they're just looking to see what the people people have to say and and uh february 6th like in in the Kissimmee area february 7th in okeechobee february 13th in sebring and february 26th in eustace all 5 30 to 7 30 in the evening meetings which a lot of people you know you go to the commission meeting and it's always during the day and the people say hey why don't why don't you do something at the weekend or or after hours and maybe i could participate well a lot of these meetings are that that after five o'clock, so that the people can can get to. Mm-hmm. So, but I, as I le- listen to all these people moan and groan about the the spraying and the the way we handle stuff, I'm listening to the people all along the Palm Beach coast. You know, all these places where these discharge are. You get Big Shug, who's up here in St. Pete, all worried about the spraying and the the effects of that. And fertilizer and, runoff from the for, uh, big sugar, yeah, correct, yeah. And, which, and, yeah. And here we don't have any meeting in those parts of the state. Well, you know what? It's it's that seems that way they do that all the time when they had the lionfish meetings and all that kind of stuff like that. It was nowhere near the West Coast. It was Orlando, uh, you know, Jacksonville, uh, right side of Tallahassee, Ocala. It's like, dude, what? Where am I? And that's why some of the questionnaires you get sent out in an email because they can't. They can't. Um, I guess have a forum large enough to support the amount of people to come and give everybody an opportunity to speak. That's why they're limited on locations as far as time frame, so that they'll get a, a small amount of participation, but they really rely on a lot with these questionnaires that they do send out. So it's important when you get one to take a few minutes to fill it out and give them your two cents worth because that is taken into consideration. Bill, not everybody can just travel and go, oh. but – uh, so that's why they have those forms. And I'm just speaking because of working where I do and understanding when you have it open to the public, the venues are just not available to support 20,000 people, 10,000, 1,000 people, as little as 500, because people that show up, they want to put in their their comments, but the time does not is limited, so it really wouldn't be able to support it. Yeah. Well, uh I don't know. It's one of those things, and uh, now that we have a new governor, uh, DeSantis, in uh, the uh, the governor's mansion, I don't know. Maybe they'll take. Know. Is I'll, he spending any time in the mansion? Oh, he's doing. He's working his butt off. But I, I think that with his <laughs> attitude towards uh, the clean water and everything else, and restoring the Everglades and uh, ending toxic algae blooms and all that kind of stuff, I think that perhaps the commission could actually be listening a lot harder, especially now. Uh, you know, that, um, you know, he's going to be kind of splitting up the, uh, the FWC, Did not you, the FWC. He's well, he, he's adding another, he's taking officers cause that used to be their job when they were the Marine patrol. Oh yes. And, uh, they combined the two together and made the FWC. And, uh, so they're going to be using other officers in the 
environmental protection role. They're, they are moving, and I, I did speak to somebody who, who may be moving back to the DEP side of the, the enforcement. And these are going to be armed DEP agents, not uh, guys who are just running around with uh, little suits and uh, pocket protectors. Uh, these are armed uh, D, uh, DEP people, and they're going to be out there enforcing the environmental laws uh, a lot tougher than they used to. Uh, you know, the, let's just say that they admitted that, you know, in the past things have been let slide, and these guys are not going to let it do that anymore. I didn't know this. I read this article, and it was the Wildlife Commission has 853 positions for gun-toting officers patrolling the state's field swamps, forests, and waterways. That doesn't sound like an awful lot. 853. There have, uh, of course, they've racked up some high-profile arrests in recent years, sometimes by running lengthy undercover operations. Of course, the biggest one that we talked about just last year was the nine people alligator poaching and uh, all that kind of stuff that they did under two years. But uh, now what they're going to be doing is they're going to be also using some of those officers moving over into the Department of Environmental Protection to uh, enforce um, all the other stuff that has to do with uh, environmental issues, boat leakage, you know, dumping boats out in the middle of nowhere, uh, you know, all those other things that kind of just, you know, the FWC would go like, well, they're dumping sailboats right there off of Sanibel. What can I do? You know, they just tow it out as long as it's not uh, marking or moving a channel or well, they, uh, blocking they, or anything. They, they need those those uh, people out there to, to control and to investigate and do them things. But people will got to understand, too, whenever you have a corporation that has a, a spill or something dumped, a lot of times it's by accident. And then they're called out pretty quick because it's really prevalent to see. But whenever you have the Same. average homeowner uh, – condominiums apartment complexes that apply different things uh it may be at a, a small level but overall collectively that's where the environmental impacts are taking place i, I wonder if they'll talk to st pete about the sewage discharge I, i'm sure that they'll probably be there because uh these guys are saying they're going back uh to the old ways when they were known as the department of natural resources but now it's environmental protection, hence the reason why they get to carry a pistol, I guess. <laughs> so, well, they need it. Uh, well, you never know what you're going to run into uh, yeah. with somebody out there like that. So uh, this new agency is going to be uh, out there doing what they used to do back in the old days before they were all put back together. And I think that's probably just goes under his umbrella of trying to uh, make things right with the people that you just mentioned over on the East Coast and on the West Coast that are, you know, supposedly being affected by, you know, all the crud that comes out of the uh, barge canal there. So, well, yeah, I, I will say this governor has come out swinging. Um, from what I understand, three of the South Florida, not the Southwest. I know Southwest is what we're sitting in here, but South Florida Water Management District uh, board members, I guess, are have resigned. He had re- called for all of them to to resign, and three I know have. Um, and then I heard that Alligator Ron Bergeron was jumping on board there as one of the board members. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how friendly he's going to be when it comes to hunting and stuff, because I know, unbeknownst to a lot of people, we, we, we kind of put the hammer and the nails to uh, Swift Mud all the time, and that's because of their lack of opening up areas for the most part and letting people go in and, uh, enjoy the natural resources and activities that should be allowed and afforded to us since we are the property owners, apparently. 
but other management districts in the state seem to open it up for hunting and yeah. stuff. And I think they are South South, South Florida Water Management. Yeah, had, they do have hunting had, down had there. Opened up and and was doing pretty good at opening more and more places to uh, for the hunters to be able to participate in the the use of the lands and waters. Um, I'm, I get a little concerned. I don't know each one of those uh, board members real well as to which which roles they play. We could probably get somebody on board to talk about that. But just, you know, I worry about we get a bunch of people who are just the the don't touch it, don't modify it. Kind of like your uh, one that was filling in for the the kid's gator hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Opposed against it all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's getting a lot of praise online, uh, especially for what he did in this with the uh, – with his stuff, and I, I love it. There's always one in the bunch. Everybody's talking about, hey, great. It's nice to have these guys out there going to be protecting us, getting you know, the crab cleanups and making sure that these are done. And then you have the one schmo that comes and goes, dear God, no bear hunts, please. <laughs> yes. And that's it. That's all he cares about. Doesn't care about anything else. Just, you know, no bear hunts, please. All right. We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feed and Outdoors. Go see them today. Hey, we just got a bunch of new lures and uh, baits in. Bitters is going to be filled up today. It's going to be a good day to go out and do some shopping. And, of course, Brandon Ford. Go out and see him today. Buy a new truck. We'll be back.